everyone. Welcome to another episode of VR in Education, where we explore the intersection of VR and learning. So today on the show, we have the honor of hearing from Rosie Summers. Rosie's a super talented, immersive animator. She's an artist and she creates work or works of art in VR. Rosie also conducts VR workshops on how to design in this brand new medium. And she has a popular YouTube channel that showcases some of her amazing work. Welcome to the show, Rosie. Hello, thank you so much for having me. One of the first questions I always ask people on the show is their origin story. In other words, what got you interested in immersive VR? Fantastic. Well, it's quite a long one for me. I started off as a fine artist, um, painting portraits, um, just typical oil on canvas sort of girl. And um, I became quite bored of painting things static. I really wanted to make things move um, and, you know, sort of tell more of a story with my work, which is what drew me to animation, which is basically storytelling through motion. And it was through studying this as a um, degree that I started looking at new ways of telling stories. I explored using traditional animation that progressed into 3D animation. And it was inevitable that I'd then find virtual reality, which was just coming onto the scene with um, available headsets like the Vive and stuff like that as I was studying. So, um, yeah, I just saw this medium and thought, wow, this is fantastic. I can transport people into my animations. I can make them live in these narratives. Um, and it was the thing that turned me was watching the demo experience on the Google Cardboard, which I know a lot of people slate now, you know, Google Cardboard and all that, but that was an origin for me, you know, watching that experience with the little fox and he takes you on this journey um, and the whale coming out of the water and splashing and it was I was just in love with this this animated world which was just through the screen of my phone and um just yeah after seeing that I was just drawn to this medium and then I saw Glen Keane the famous Disney animator paint Ariel in tilt brush and that was it that was it the next day I had a vibe and um yeah <laughs> I've just been sold ever since wow is it harder or maybe the question is how much more difficult is it to create things in VR compared to either they call it pancake. The computer nowadays is called a pancake. Is it, is it that much harder in VR? Um, in, in my case, I argue it's easier because you're not faced with any complex UI um, with tilt with the programs like tilt brush it's literally just you put the headset on, you have a palette like, you know, I did in, when I was painting, just a paint palette next to you on, on your left hand or your right hand, depending on, on on which hand you use. And you literally point at it, you click, and then you point, hold the trigger down and paint comes out your controller. It's just, it's so easy compared to if you're using a 3D program software and you're having to click and figuring out what different buttons do. Um it's just, it's so much more easy to use. Um, and the only thing really is a lot of people struggle with the translation from 2D 
um say like you just mentioned pancake there if you're if you're drawing things flat um on paper and then all of a sudden you put a headset on and paint in space it's completely different because you're painting in space you know not there's 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 instead of a canvas instead you now have space in the canvas so as soon as you draw you realize you have all these different degrees to deal with you look to the left and you see a completely different image and it's your drawing is just completely screwed skewed i mean and it's 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 hard to get from that 2d headset in uh, 2d mindset into that 3d mindset um for me being because i came from doing 3d animation into vr it was sort of like a fluid transition because it already worked in 3D before. But I, I can understand that there would be a struggle for people who are predominantly 2D artists to then draw in VR because, you know, there's so many more dimensions for them to deal with. Yes. There are a growing number of VR creation applications. Yes. There's Masterpiece VR. I've tried Sculptor VR. Oh, yeah. I've tried Make VR Pro and then, of course, you mentioned Tilt Brush. Yeah. Uh, why, why did you decide to do most of your work in Tilt Brush? For me, a lot of it is, is, is the fact that I love being in that space. Um, if mm. I think about all the other, other platforms that you just mentioned there, um, I don't find them as fun to be in. Tilt Brush, the, the Tilt Brush team have really thought about how to to make an art program in VR. They've thought about the strengths of VR and how when you're immersed in this world, it's magical. And they've really played to that with the software because you, you pick a brush and it makes a noise. You hold it to your ear and it starts going, whoa, 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 whoa. And then you just paint around and, and sparkles come out and it feels like you're a wizard in this space. And the everything's just nice. Everything makes little sound effects and it's just such a lovely space to be in. So that's probably why I've been drawn to it a lot more. I do use Quill a lot as well. Um, I, I, mm. I do like Quill because of how you can um, manipulate your brush strokes really easy. So in Tilt Brush, you, you paint something and it sort of it stays in that state. You can recolor it, but you can't manipulate the stroke itself. But in Quill, you can. So if I'm doing a client-based project, which I know is going to be pretty big and have lots of iterations, then I would prefer to work in Quill because you can mm. set up layers um, and easily manipulate to the client's desires. Whereas with Tilt Brush, you're going to have to go back, select things, move things, which can get pretty complex. But with Tilt Brush, I feel you can get really nice looking things really fast and easily. Um, you can use lighting effects, which you can't really do in Quill. You've got to paint those lighting effects yourself. So you've got to recolor everything and stuff like that. But with Tilt Brush, you can add some lights in. You can use shaded brushes, whereas in Quill, everything's unlit. Um, and you can just make things looking nice and rendered super fast. And a lot of my sketches nowadays are really quick ones. Um, I, I, I obviously do big sketches, but um, I've been doing lots of quick sketches because I've got an Oculus Quest. So I've been using that as like a little doodle pad. Um, so for these quick sketches, I just hop in the brush and you can just make a really nice rendered sketch pretty fast. Brilliant. I haven't heard of or used Quill, so that's, uh, that's great advice. Yeah, yeah. I have, I've had students at the school that I'm at try out Tilt Brush and some of the other applications. And there's an interesting dichotomy that, that I notice. Yeah. Most kids... Once they're in there, it's just not intuitive to them. So if I don't give them 
sort of a set exercise. They'll muck around a bit, but then they're kind of bored and they don't really know what to do next. Mm. Any suggestions in regards to, I think this has to do with VR artistic skills. So, mm. you know, what do you do with a student who, you know, really isn't interested in, you know, yeah. just exploring in there? That's that's really interesting that because every single child I've put in have just they've picked it up faster than any adult and it, it blows my mind these children <laughs> that, that just put on this headset and they can just they just work it and they know how to use it, um but but yeah it's um the advice the, the biggest advice I'd give is to let people have that session where they do create neon nightmares which is what I've heard it being called before. Um, <laughs> and they literally just go mad and create, you know, sparkles and neon everywhere. Rainbows is the common motif, and fire. They like to make fire pits, which is quite a primal thing, really, when you think about it. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think allowing kids to to express themselves in that way is great. And then, as you said, sometimes they can get a bit bored because they don't really know the direction to go next. Um, I mean, if you think about it, they've, they've just been shown this tool where they can literally create anything in the space around them, and it's sort of a bit mind-blowing. So after they've sort of had this session creating new neon nightmares, then then it's good to sort of add a little bit of direction by giving them something to do. So some of my workshops included populating an area, um, like a gallery space or like a, um, if I make a pyramid, for example, and they have to make um, little artifacts that go inside this pyramid um, and stuff like that. So it's like it's giving them a sense of direction. And with that, um, they can use the tools in different ways. So if it, one task I set them might um, involve using a ruler. So they have to use the ruler brush, uh, the, the ruler tool in, uh, to make this piece. Or if um, uh, I'm trying to think of what else I've done. Um, the mirror tool something might require them to use the mirror tool and it's doing those little tasks they learn how to use the different tools that are available to them and then after that they're off they're off creating using these variety of different tools that that Tilbrush has to offer and creating really cool pieces of work I love the pyramid idea you mentioned yeah just uh, for the listeners uh, Rosie has this amazing advent calendar that she's created. And in the advent calendar that she shares on Twitter, there are, of course, different days and you open up a door and then inside the door is an object that she grabs out of the advent calendar and then puts into this huge immersive world that she's built. Do you want to talk a bit more about that? Because that, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's I, I love Inktober, which I do every year, which is a similar sort of concept where I do a VR drawing every day for the whole of October. And this year, I really wanted to carry that through to December as well. So I thought, how could I do a quick drawing a day? Uh, what's what's coming on in December? Oh, Advent. <laughs> so I thought, if I made like a little Advent calendar, I preferably wanted to create everything behind the doors and then give send it on poly for people to download and actually make their own worlds from but with the time oh, yeah. with the time of my busy schedule I didn't get around to doing that so I'm sort of I'm, I'm, I'm quite a few days ahead now the calendar is now complete but when I started on day one it wasn't 
but that would have been my dream thing to do because that would have been amazing to see what everyone makes. So yeah, what I've done is I've made an advent calendar um, and behind each door is like a different festive model, which I have created in Tiltbrush. And every day I open one of these doors in Tiltbrush and bring out the object and populate it into a scene, which was in day one. So yeah, number one was like a whole snowy landscape. And then number two, where I did like a little house. And then number three was a village. And yeah, day by day, I've just been populating this winter wonderland. And um, I'm so happy it's got so much feedback. People are loving it online, which is fantastic. Because I just really wanted to bring that that festive spirit into VR. And um, nothing like that had ever been done before. I mean, never heard of a VR advent calendar. But um, yeah, it's, it's so fun to do. It's getting a lot of people in the VR community in the festive spirit, which was my aim. And um, yeah, hopefully mm-hmm. next year, um, with with time allows, I'll be able to make a advent calendar and share it around. So other people can make their own little festive wonderlands with my assets as well, because that that was my that was my goal there. Well, even even the ramifications of that for art teachers around the world is yeah. you know the phenomenon that more than one student could make something and then contribute to you know a larger thing as a whole. And so I really like that idea because as as most people know, you know, VR can be a solitary experience, but mm. if everyone is making some sort of artifact towards a bigger experience, then it feels more like collaboration or cooperation. Definitely. You mentioned about your workshops. Yeah. Tell us a bit more about some of the other things that you do or teach with your workshops, like different ages, different topics. Yeah, so predominantly at the minute, I've been doing film oriented workshops um, where I've been making like a little VR cinema um, at young festivals for, for children. We do ages um, seven plus, and um, it's using Oculus Go's. We set up like a really nice space using pretty fairy lights. We just really decorate the space really nicely to make it like just a nice place for people or families to go to we have bean bags so kids can sit down and then immerse into these new worlds these narratives and um, we have a, co- a collection of films that um, I introduce and then they sit through and, and and immerse into and sit with their families so everything is is switched on at the same time so the families uh, are all watching in sync the same film um, so it becomes quite a cooperative experience. You have the kids sort of taking off the headset every now and then and going, oh, wow, did you see that, mummy? And, and putting the headset back on. And then it's just, it's a really nice cooperative experience while sitting down and watching film. And um, I didn't think we would achieve that because, you know, VR, as you were saying, is quite solitary. Um, but when they're sat all watching the same thing, it, it really does come out to be a cooperative experience, which was so fantastic to see. Um, so that's what I've been doing mainly at festivals here in Leeds. Um, but, yeah, I've also been doing quite a few other festivals orientated around children still. Um, Lee, Lee Mason, I've worked with him on a fantastic workshop, which was earlier this year in summertime, which was where children would um, create assets for a virtual art gallery. 
So they'd first have a plot that playtime to get used to the tools, and then they just were off creating these different art sculptures using tilt brush. And there were we had a wide, wide, wide range. So we had some really fantastic artworks created, and the children would then export out to Polly their um, creation, and that would then be pulled down by Lee, and Lee would um, populate this this whole art gallery and it was it was amazing what he did in such a short space of time and um, so yeah it's like things like that where where kids have the time to work together in groups and create little art artifacts to populate worlds is sort of like the main thing of workshops that I've been doing um and obviously the film that I mentioned as well do you get students to actually design on paper first so that they have an idea percolating in their head before they go into VR? Or do you just hop them in VR and say, create me X? Yeah, so we usually um, use paper. And in, in Lee's workshop, Lee had plasticine, which was an amazing idea because mm-hmm. it's got that 3D tactile, you know, ness to it which lends itself really well to taking what they've made there into VR because it's very much the same. So, yeah, they'd, they'd sketch out on paper, just funneling those idea down, is, ideas down because, you know, kids, their imaginations are wild and sometimes they need a little bit of, of, of taming just to get that, that key um, art piece that, that's, that's there in their head and they just need to funnel it and, um, and into a way that they can create easily enough using the tools and the time. Um, so yeah, they'd sketch out and then start modeling using plasticine and then take a picture of that. And then that can be taken into the virtual and they can work from that, um, in, in Tilbrook and then finally come up with their finished product. Do you think kids get better results, especially if they're new to VR, where they consume or look at VR first before they create, or does it matter to you? Well, I usually, in my workshops, do a little bit of a, a talk about VI. I show them what I've done and, and just, yeah, generally talk about how awesome the medium is and, um, yeah, give them some examples of what of what I've made. And that just really inspires them, you know. So a lot of kids, yeah, as you are saying, they have never tried VR before, and they, they often don't know what it is. So just showing them a little bit about what you can do with the tools um i feel i find really helps inspire them and gives them you know an idea of what to expect when they go into that space yeah what other advice do you have for teachers in schools who are wanting to get started with vr well um i know cost is going to be an issue with with education being quite underfunded but um i recommend Investing in some headsets, finding that space in the curriculum where it's going to really fit. Like I mentioned the ancient Egypt thing earlier, if 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 some class in the curricula is studying anything about Rome or Egypt, um, then grabbing a, an asset like a pyramid or something like that, um, and having the kids create little things to populate inside, and and they'll find that the children really do remember. Because they've they've been in VR and they've made it, it embeds in their memory because of the immersion a lot more. So you find they're actually learning about the the, the what they're creating ridiculously better. Um, and yeah, it, the first thing I'd recommend is investing if you can in the kit 
stuff like Oculus Quest, stuff which, which is standalone that you can just hop in um, and create something relatively simple. And um, yeah, just giving them that 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 taste then, and then as soon as we know it, the costs of the headsets are going to go down, and um, hopefully it's going to be a staple in the classroom. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. So more. More schools are trying to shift their curriculum away from just memorizing facts and start to ruminate on bigger ideas or concepts. And so recently I went into Graffiti Artists, which is on the Oculus Quest. And I, I mucked around a bit and two things really excited me about this application. One, how easy it was for me to spray paint art but more importantly, it got me thinking about the whole idea of graffiti. You know, I live here in Singapore and there is almost no graffiti anywhere around the city. Whereas I was in Barcelona over the summertime and graffiti was everywhere. And, you know, it it made me think of the issue of is graffiti good or bad and, and allowing me the opportunity to spray paint graffiti in VR really moved me in regards to trying to wrap my head around that whole concept of, you know, is graffiti art or not? And I think VR does this. I think VR is such a great machine to get kids through experience to wrap their head around big concepts, which often art is about. Any thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, Wow, yeah, no, that's 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 a really good question. Um oh, yeah, cuz it, it's such a big space that it, a lot of people get like megalophobia cuz it's just so big and that there uh, yeah, it, it's um it's a completely new and large space with infinite possibilities. Um yeah, I, I'm trying to think of how to answer this. This is um yeah, this is a tough one. But I know in other disciplines, yeah, uh, VR, VR apps are more, you know, here, look at this molecule, you know, which, you know, ha- as you alluded to, might help them remember a bit more about what the molecule looks like for a test. But I think VR is so much more than getting kids ready for a test. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned about VR art exhibitions, and I've seen them becoming more popular through social media. Can you explain to people a little bit more about what a VR art show or art exhibition is? Yeah, so it's basically, um, most recently now they're being used on social VR platforms, um, things like The Wave, and um, there's Museum of Other Realities, and Gallery of Freedom as well as another one. And they're all platforms um, which are a social platform. So you and your friends hop into this this experience. And then in that, they exhibit VR artists to work. So this is stuff that I've made a tilt brush and anyone else has made in, in Quill and any of the art programs because it just gets exported out as a 3D object. And these 3D objects populate the world. So you can walk around with your friends 
um, just like you do a normal art gallery now. Apart from you can be a bit crazy, you can talk, um, you can. A lot of the programs have like little things that you can do, like tools where you can actually paint in the space as well. So you can just have a laugh with your friends, um, and yeah, just just hang around in this gallery space and and go inside other people's artwork um, instead of when you like we, we go into a gallery in the physical world we're just merely observing but with unless you're obviously one of them immersive arts which is very much a similar sort of thing because you're inside the artwork um but yeah you can go inside and and, and chill inside people's artwork which was mind-blowing concepts when I first experienced it and then there's um things like the wave where there's actually a VR art show um which is basically well the most recent one was the burning man show where people submitted art artworks and there was a live dj which made this work just come alive to the rhythm of the music it's like a vr rave it's amazing um there's just all this artwork and it's it's thumping to the rhythm of the beat and it's 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 so surreal and, and amazing and mind-blowing and I was looking at wow, can you actually, there as well. Can you actually buy stuff like a normal art gallery in the 3D world? Um, uh, oh, like you can go into the experience and you buy pieces of art. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Um, not yet, actually, but that was a cool concept to, to add a bit of monetization to it. Um, mm. But yeah, not, not, not yet, but maybe that would be coming. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your goals? What are your goals as we enter uh, 2020 as they relate to VR? Oh, well, um, <laughs> that's a broad one. I'm, I'm, I mean, this, this whole year, 2019 has just been a rush. It's, it's been a blur. I, I feel like so much has been accomplished that I'd never expected when I started the year all that year ago. Um, so I'm, I have no idea what 2020 is going to have in, have in store, but if, if it's anything to go by this year, then it's going to be amazing. Um, uh, well, I, I, I work full time at a game studio in Leeds where we recently just released Angry Birds, um, for PSVR, yeah. a couch co-op game for families. And, um, I feel I'm, I'm well. I'm just so excited about what's next in store for XR Games and what we're going to do our next releases um, and stuff like that. That's, that's so exciting. Um, and on the VR art front, yeah, I just I hope to my performances get more popular and I'm doing more of those. Um, and yeah, hopefully some more workshops. And yeah, I, I feel this is going to be a big year for VR. We've got quite a lot of new headsets out now. I mean, we've got the Index, and I don't know what next thing Facebook has in store to pull out the bag and last minute. Um, and, yeah, we're going to have a new breed of VR artists who are all buying these headsets now and immersing into these mediums. And every day I check on Instagram's um, handle for quilt brush and VR art, and I'm seeing new artists popping up like nearly every day, and it, it's so amazing to see. And I'm just so excited for what's, yeah, what this next generation are going to bring. I saw on Twitter that you had mentioned that you uh, played a bit with uh, new hand tracking that's on the Oculus Quest. The potential there is enormous. 
really is. It was so fun. And I didn't expect it to be as good um, um, as it was. Uh, it really does track every individual finger. And even though it's an experimental uh, test, I'm excited what it's going to have in store as it develops because it was already pretty cool. So, <laughs> Someone joked about finger painting and I giggled at that. Yeah, I mean, that would be amazing. I, I mean, I, I did tag the Tilbrush team in to my tweet and they did respond and said that it's not something they're looking at, which I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just, just that would be so amazing because, I mean, as I put it, it would be like creating, being a high-level wizard and making magic without a wand because it really does feel like that because you've got, you can see your hands and it that that just that level of immersion just really embeds you in the experience. And then for the paint to be coming from your fingertips, for you to manipulating the paint with your hands would just be amazing. And for performances, I can imagine that being a really, really cool thing. I'd just think I'm a wizard. It'd be brilliant. Cool. Anything else? That, anything else you think the listeners might want to know or hear about VR and art from you? Well, the, the biggest thing I'd say is is start creating stuff, you know. Um, this is medium is, is all still so new. So we're all still inventors in this field. I mean, there's no experts yet. We're all still playing and and, and, and really testing what, what potential this, this medium has. Um, and we're all shaping its future, you know, because it's still so young. Um, so if anyone's ever thinking about getting into VR, well, do it, you know, get, get, get a headset that's, that's available to you and just start playing. And, and if you don't have the money to have a headset, then have a look in your local area and see if there's any events that you can attend just so you can have a taster and, and start creating. I agree. Yeah. If people are interested, if people are interested in learning more about you or want to get a hold of you. How might they do that? So I uh, I spend far too much time on Twitter, um, and you can catch me at vr underscore rosie, and I'm also on Instagram, the same handle vr underscore rosie, but with an underscore again at the end, and I'm on YouTube, just Rosie Summers, and yeah, I, that's that that's me. <laughs> I look forward to hearing from anyone. Listen, Rosie, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. If you hold on for a minute after the recording, I can uh, just chat for a minute. Fantastic. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure to speak to you all. Thank you. Bye. Bye for now. Bye.